Well, a blessed morning to each one of you here at Winkler Berkshire Mennonite Church, as well as anybody that would be listening uh, in the future. For our call to worship, let us read Job 22, verses 21 and 22. Job 22, verses 1, 21 and 22. It's uh, Eliaphaz uh, talking to Job. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Please join me as we pray. Thank you, loving and forgiving God for your grace that is available to us at any time. You never give us a busy signal. Thank you for this privilege of worshiping you and with one another. Lead and direct each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Let's take our hymnals and turn to 543. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. 543.
The next song is number 581, I am a thine, O Lord. 581. Please stand. be seated again. Our next uh, last one here is Have Thine Own Way, Lord. It's in your bulletin insert. Have Thine Own Way.
Let's take a brief look at life in the church in the bulletin. Uh, our missionaries of the week, let's pray for Dawn and Char Epp. Uh, this Tuesday morning is the women's prayer group. And Tina Fair and Ann Weens are in the Boundary Trails Health Center, so continue to pray for them. And Betty Reimer passed away last Sunday, and her funeral was this last Thursday. She's a sister to Maria. Next week, we'll have our missionaries, K and K, will be here uh, to bring a report and also the morning uh, message. Uh, I'll let you read the rest of the uh, bulletins. Please join me as we communicate with God. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we praise you for hearing and accepting our prayers. Thank you for your love and forgiveness that as humans each one of us needs. We ask for your continued directing K and K in their daily walk and also Don and Char Epp as they walk with you and be with others. We pray for you meeting the needs of Tina Fair and Weens and each other person with health and personal needs. Be also the continued comforter to those mourning the loss of Betty Reimer or any other person's passing. We ask you to bless each one celebrating a birthday and also wedding anniversaries. Thank you, Lord, for the music ministry that is served by Clara Peters and Helen Reimer, and we pray for your blessing also on the reading of your word by Ron Penner and your message to each one of us through Pastor Dean Huber. We ask all this and thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
scripture reading this morning is taken from James 4, verses 1 to 12. That's James 4, 1 to 12. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. On your, your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship in the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he, he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in, ju in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you who are to judge, who are you to judge your neighbor? Good morning. Our daughter is with us this morning. She is from Saskatoon, Brittany. Her husband was unable to come. He is a youth pastor and he works at a camp and also uh, working at church. Well, he is ministering at church today where they attend and um, we're so happy that our daughter was able to come and join us. Thank you, Brittany, for coming. For 42 years, every week, David Thomas slipped a love letter under the door of his neighbor, Rachel Jones. Each letter attempted to mend the lover's quarrel that parted them when they were both 32 years old. Rachel Jones burned each letter and refused even to speak to her ex-boyfriend who kept on pursuing her. When David finally summoned the courage to knock on the door and propose, she accepted. Both were 74 years old when the marriage fame finally came. Imagine the wasted years and the consequences that followed this couple's quarrel. Wasted years of not enjoying getting to know each other. Wasted years of the blessings of the marriage bed. Wasted years and not having children. Wasted years and not being able to be grandparents. Wasted years in not being able to fellowship with other couples. Wasted years in not being able to work together. Wasted years in not, drink, in not doing things together in the prime of their life. Wasted years in not serving the Lord together. Wasted years in not proclaiming the gospel together. Wasted years of marriage that did not exist, which could have reflected the union of Christ of, uh, and his bride, the church. 
All of this could have been theirs and more if they could have gotten past their quarrel. Yes, they did get married, but the best and most precious years were missed because of a quarrel. James, the brother of our Lord, is the writer of the book of James, the letter that James sent out to the church that was scattered from Jerusalem across the empire. And in this particular passage of scripture of James chapter 4, 1, he asks the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And the answer is, is by submitting to God. If we would only submit to God when he calls us to submit, we would get rid of a lot of the problems within the body of Christ. And I've entitled this morning's message, How to Submit to God. This is part one of a two-part message, and it's How to Submit to God, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. And how do we start off by doing this? Well, number one, by examining our motives before we ask, verses 1 through 3. If we're going to submit to God, how do we do it? By our examining our motives before we ask. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you, are not, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it on, get it, uh, that you may spend it on what you, pardon me, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Wow. James paints a picture of the church that we do not want to see. We don't want to see that picture. It is a church that has been fighting, quarreling, battling, and killing. The killing is not literal, but rather with one's words. Nonetheless, the destruction is horrifying. The church is the bride of Christ. She is to be, she is to be beautiful, radiant, and jaw-dropping. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, here is the description of the church. Listen to the words that describe the bride. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church. And when you think of radiant, a radiant church is a personality and a person that just brightens up everything without stain, without wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is what the church is to be like. A wedding, at a wedding, the bride is so beautiful, spotless, pure and radiant that she makes the most hardened men weep as she walks down the aisle. 
That is the picture of the church. That is the picture of the bride of Christ. But so often the bride and the wedding dress can be tarnished with dirt, can be tarnished with soot and ripped. Why? Because she's been fighting. And there is no attraction to a dirty bride. There's no attraction to a dress that is all scorned with wrinkles. James sees the church as he's writing to it as this at this time. It is the opposite of what the bride should be. And James asks the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? The answer is one word, selfishness. 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 Bring two people together in holy matrimony. Nothing will destroy the marriage faster than selfishness. Bring two people together who are givers and you will have a happy marriage. Bring a taker and a giver and you will have a marriage for some time but not necessarily a happy marriage. Bring two takers to the union and it will be over before it starts. Selfishness is the killer of any union, marriage, church, business, or any other relationship type. The only problem is that we cannot usually see it in ourselves. We can see it in others, but we can't see it in ourselves. So let's unpack the first three verses to get a better understanding. James asks the question in verse one, what causes fights and quarrels among you? It's like he knows the answer already. Then he gives that first answer. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? They come from the inside, out. James points out that it is our desires that we want to have met instead of God's will. We like what we want and we expect God to do what we want. When we pray, we pray selfishly. God bless these requests and I ask you to do it quickly so we can get on with what is important and what we think is important. That's what God should think is important. Our desires are often self-centered rather than God-centered. We fight those battles every day. And here is the reason why we fight those battles. When people come to faith in Christ, they get a new nature from God. But God does not remove the old nature or reform it. Remember that. Those who come to know Christ, we get a new nature. But God does not take the old nature and he does not reform it. That will be done in eternity. This takes place when we are glorified in heaven. Paul says in Galatians 5 verses 16 through 17, listen as he talks about the nature in you and me and everyone who is born again. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Those sinful natures are in us. 
For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. The Apostle Paul echoes that in Romans. We end up doing the things we, very, we hate. We want to serve God with all of our hearts. We walk out and we do the exact opposite because we're in a battle. We're in a fight. And how many times have we wanted to do the right things and we ended up doing the opposite and causing disaster because we yielded to the old self, to the old man, to the old nature. So how are, so we have our old self and our old nature that we have to contend with on a daily basis. We, we will only have victory over our sinful desires as we are led by the Spirit. And that takes work on our part. God does his part and he calls us to do our part. Our part is to be in the word. Our part is to spend time in prayer. How could Jesus go to the cross? Because when he was praying, he said, if it's possible, take this away from me. He, won. he didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to go through the punishment. But he prayed, not my will, but your will. And too often we simply pray, my will, Lord, and not your will. Listen to verse 2 again. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Why does James say, say they kill and covet and quarrel and fight? Once again, James is not talking about literal killing, but one of words, the way that we use words. As this church that James addresses strives for the truth, they destroyed one another. And we can do that. We can strive for what is good. And in the midst of doing this, we bring disaster. As they seek God's will, harsh things are said and people are hurt. We all know when others have hurt us but seldom do we know when we hurt others. That's just the way that it is. Because we can't see ourselves in the mirror. Then James says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And in verse 3, he says then this, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. We are a pleasure people. We love pleasures. And God is not against pleasures, but God is against pleasures when that will hurt other individuals and the church. These people that James addresses are no different than the modern church today. People are no different than the Old Testament and in the New Testament as compared today. We still have the same problems. We still have the same envy. We still have the same tongues. We still have the same inner nature to get even if somebody has hurt us. We can be so selfish. 
All we think about is what is in it for us. So first, we try to get what we want by arguing, quarreling, and fighting, only to find out that it doesn't work. Then we move on to prayer, and we pray a selfish prayer in its place. And God doesn't honor it because it's about self and not about his will and not about others. Then, of course, God is not going to answer that type of prayer. Notice the motive of the prayer so we can spend it on our pleasure. That's the motive, and God never answers that. This is all under the guise of spirituality. Well, we're praying about it. We're praying, well, it's, this is obviously this must be God's will. So the first step in how to submit to God is by exam examining our motives before we ask. We must examine our motives before we ask. I must, you must, the person sitting next to you must. We need to ask ourselves questions such as, will what I'm asking from God, will it bring glory to him? Is this more for me than for others? What will be the outcome of what I pursue or what I ask for if I get it? What's going to be the outcome? Is the outcome for selfish reasons or is the outcome for God and his glory? Those are some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves in order to examine the motive before we pray. Now we come to the second step of how to submit to God. Number two, by realizing our friendship with the world is idolatry. Verses four to six, it's idolatry, idolatry, also idolatry. James opened the second paragraph in this chapter with a strong words. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? James is not talking about physical adultery of men or women having a relationship outside of marriage. He's not talking about the physical aspect. Instead, he is speaking about the spiritual aspect of committing adultery against God the same way that Israel committed adultery when she ran after other gods. These people are not living in a world or doing things with not believer, with um, the unbeliever or non-believers. That's not what the problem is. However, here is what they are doing. They are claiming to trust God and to do the Lord's will, yet trying to get their will done above the Lord's will. And that's what the problem was. It was with their prayers that they were with the wrong motives. Their evil desires may look good on the outside, but they are equal to friendship with the world towards God. And friendship with the world towards God. I mean, to, uh, friendship with the world um, uh, is an enemy to God. We have to remember that often our desires flow from our sinful nature. And sometimes it's we're not thinking and we haven't prayed about things. They'll just come out automatically rather than what God wants and what God desires and what his heart is. Therefore, 
We can condone sin as long as the outcome is okay. However, James points out in verse 4, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. What strong words he uses. So to disobey God is to make him an enemy, an enemy. James then goes on with another example in 5. Or do you not think The scriptures say without reason what the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely. No verse in scripture states this word for word. There could be two reasons why James makes this statement. First, he could be quoting from a book considered to be the inspired word of God but has been lost. Second, he could have summed up all the scriptures which show that God is jealous of every believer who possesses the spirit that makes that person a child of God. In other words, God sees a born-again believer as a bride of Christ and as a husband who is jealous for his bride. In the same way, when Israel went off and served other gods and Baals and whatever... God was jealous because that was his bride. Today, Jesus Christ is the groom and the bride is his bride. Um, In James chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, but he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Warren Worsby says this, God wants us to depend upon his grace, but he giveth more grace, while the devil wants us to depend upon ourselves. Satan is the author of all do-it-yourself. Do-it-yourself. You have the goods, do-it-yourself. It's a spiritual enterprise that he has. He enjoys inflating the ego and encouraging the believer to do it his own way. Do it your own way. An example is in spite of Jesus' warning about Satan's plan, Peter fell into a snare, pulled out his sword, and tried to accomplish God's will in his own way. But it was such a noble thing that Peter was doing. He was fighting for the Lord. He was standing for the Lord. And he whipped out that sword. And off came that servant's ear. And Jesus said, put it away. And he reached down, picked up the ear, and he brought healing to his enemy. So many times we want to do things our way. They look good. They look just. But they're not God's way. They're Satan's way. And that's why we need to be surrendered to the Lord, to examine our motives before we speak, to realize that even we as a church, as we seek God's will for him to lead us in the way that we are to go, that we are not praying our will, but we are praying your will, and we are ready to bow our knee to the Lord.
If we depend upon God, he will see us through. Let's sum up the first two points of this morning's message. The next two points will be brought in the next one. How to submit to God? First, by examining our motives before we ask. Let's examine our motives when we come to prayer and we are asking for something, that we are praying God's will to be done. And number two, by realizing our friendship with the world is idolatry. When we don't consult God and we do things our way, that is equal to being an enemy of God. Let's not be an enemy of God. Let's have the Lord leading, guiding, and directing us. And he will when we seek him with the right motives. Our closing songs in your bulletin, I Surrender All. If you can, please stand. I surrender all.
Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, Thank you once again that you've allowed us to come into your house and worship. Thank you for each person who is here today, who is our brother and sister in the Lord. I pray, Father, that we would be able to work with one another in unity as we keep our focus upon you. I ask you now that you would go with us as we go our separate ways. And I pray, Father, that you would bring us back again next week where we can worship together and in the meantime, meantime, we can pray for one another and love them the way that you have loved us. Go with us now, for this we pray in Christ's name, amen. And you may go in the peace of the Spirit.